Welcome to Cornerstone's Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me today are Pastor Brian hey. and Jonathan Lee. How's it going? Uh, for those of you who don't know Jonathan, Jonathan is a longtime member, servant minister, community group leader, um, also former roommate with Pastor Brian. Yes. So th- this is kind of like a reunion. It is. And we've seen each other since. <laughs> yeah. Well, but not during this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. I have it's many roommates rough. I have yet to podcast with. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Which is why we're doing this episode. Roommates, roommates Revisited. That's, what, that's the topic. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel like I'm Maury Povich or something. Um, okay, just to ask, how many people are going to pick up a Maury Povich reference? Like, what's the percentage <laughs> on that right now? Anybody over 45? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's, <laughs> that's, that's my target for. audience, yep. basically. <laughs> so today, um, I'm excited. We're going to talk about the unique opportunity that this season, the season we're in, provides for sharing the gospel with our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. Um, th- this this season has provided a lot of unique opportunities for all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Right? It's been we've yeah. been learning a ton, but. We keep saying, both on the podcast and on Sunday sermons, even just interpersonally, like, like we, we keep affirming the fact that the hope of the gospel, mm-hmm. right, the hope of Jesus Christ is the ultimate hope that people need, especially during times like this, right? It's the only thing that actually makes a difference Amen. in the midst of the world when it's, like, all upside down. Um, and so we, we thought it'd be helpful just to take some time out to talk about what the unique opportunity this provides for us to convey that hope. For us to, to be ones who can deliver that gospel. And we, we've been talking about this a bunch. And then, Jonathan, I know you reached out because this is something you've been, you've been on your heart a lot as well. Yep. Um, yeah. Wh- wh- why were you excited about talking about this and, and, and particularly about just kind of the, the opportunity this season provides for us? Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about this, and, and I'm, God's been teaching me a lot through these last few months and growing me, but also really kind of growing my faith. And I've seen opportunities to share the gospel in ways I, I never had before. Mm-hmm. And when I look back, first of all, I appreciate you having me on because uh, in January I was a part of a panel, and uh, they asked, it was a commercial real estate panel, they said, you know, what are your projections for this year? What do you think is going to happen this year? Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, really, the market is great, and I just don't see anything really disrupting the market. So... <laughs> Thank you for bringing on somebody that was so spectacularly wrong <laughs> you know, to, to, to set that up. But I, I look back in, in uh, late January, we were, we were up at, uh, in Agora, we were visiting uh, my in-laws and my cousins invited us to their church. And I came out of that service and my phone was blowing up and it was nothing but Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Mm. And I was like, huh, that's you know what happened to Kobe. And then I looked it up and that crash site was a mile and a half from our, where the church was. Mm. So I, we drove by it and you know, that was an LA hero, right? That mm. passed away. That night I was at a dinner with, with 40 business guys who own companies and six of them were openly weeping at the dinner, talking about how they couldn't believe this hero of theirs growing up had passed away. And within a week, you know, you're kind of settling back into normal life. Everyone's grieving that. And in, in LA, that was a, an especially impactful yeah. moment, right? Yeah. But, you know, sort of life sort of goes back to the semblance, you know, you're working out and then you start to see on the news this this disease coming from China and Europe towards the United States. And there's nothing you can do about it. It doesn't matter how many kale smoothies you've been eating. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's coming our direction. And then it hits us and we, we pivot into quarantine life. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just a shock in of itself. 
you know, the unemployment rate was three and a half percent in January. It hit 30 percent within a month. Right. Yeah. It's just and, and so you think, OK, I've, I'm OK. I've got my job. Right. But the unemployment rate jumped. There's 40 million people unemployed in this country. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I see that. And just as we were starting to get some, you know, some light at the end of the tumble, tunnel, some sort of semblance of normalcy. Mm -hmm. This this injustice, this murder mm -hmm. in Minnesota happens and the entire country just cries out for justice. Mm -hmm. Right. And in all these different ways that sort of came together and then, you know, camouflaged among the actual protesters are looters. Mm -hmm. And we had one weekend where Los Angeles felt like 1992 again. Yeah. Right. And everything that people thought they could hang on to was slowly being stripped away from each other. Mm. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I think and one last thing we kind of forget about is, you know, maybe religion is the opium of the masses. That was an old quote from a hundred years ago. I, I think in our culture, sports is the opium of the masses mm. and now sports are gone. Right. So you've got nothing that you normally hang on to, to sort of orient yourself. All the seasons are shot. And at that moment, real fear on multiple levels started to dip into people's lives. And I, I'll admit, I mean, I've, I've been fearful. I, I've looked at everything. But if you look beyond the fear, you know, every time I started to, to really fear and, and pray about something, these verses would come to me like, fear not, for I've overcome the world. And all of a sudden I said, wait, I've got the gospel inside me. Hmm. This is amazing. Like I feel on way firmer ground than I ever have before because all those distractions are gone, but all those distractions are gone for other people and they're exposed. So that that's what's hit me hard in this. Man, it's, I guess it's so powerful when even just you, you explain it that way. Cause I think if, if we lay it all, I mean, <laughs> if we take a look at the last few months um, all together like that, I think we have been, Trying to look at all of that in order to give ourselves some grace, right? And recognize that, hey, this there's reason. There's good reason for the fear, for the difficulty, for the um, <clears throat> struggle that, that we're in. Um, but I think having the, the mind and the eyes of Christ mm -hmm. calls us to not just give grace to ourselves and understand how hard this is on us, mm -hmm. right? But to see how devastating it is on the world around us that has no ultimate hope. Right. Right. And when like, like moment after moment, after moment, after moment get, gets piled up, it, 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 we realize that we're living in, in a time and in a world where so much of what so many people around us mm -hmm. have placed their hope in placed their significance in, um, has been stripped away. And, and it provides this really, really unique, moment. I mean, this is why, Brian, we've been talking about this a, a lot, right? I mean, even two months ago when we talked about, okay, what, what is the, what does the church need in this moment, right? How can we uh, help to point one another and, and, and grow forward? This is one of the, the uniqueness of how this provides opportunities for us to engage with the world around us, engage with our friends, our family, our coworkers is something that, that was on the top of the list of what we've people need what why is this something that we think is important and why why do you see this as like a unique opportunity for the gospel I mean I think um, Jonathan put it really well I, I think there's there's a way that we as a society for a lot of different reasons um, that we could talk for a long time about but uh, we've put a lot of confidence and faith in the mm -hmm. idea that 
tomorrow is going to be like today. Um, and so that allows you to kind of mask the realities of life, uh, the ideas of death, the idea that we're not in control of how things go. Um, and that not just we're not in control theoretically, but like practically day to day, we're not in control. It's everyone knows no one's perfect and no one's in control. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you live like you are and you plan like you are and you do that enough times without really any interruption to that. And you begin to feel like it's true just in your bones. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the opportunity is not just that we're seeing it's not true now, but we're seeing how much we bought into it being true. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel like something that you feel is true in your bones is all of a sudden no longer true, you start asking really big questions and not just questions about like, uh, you you know, your place in it all, but questions about like, what what is all of this in the first place? Mm -hmm. like, like you really start to reevaluate all your stances on anything and everything. And so the uniqueness is that I think we're encountering reality square up without makeup on for like for a lot of people for like the first real time mm. and that's going to engender the big questions coming out in ways that they were masked before or they didn't feel as important even if we knew they were important they sure feel important now for a lot of people yeah. and so that there's a uniqueness to that opportunity that there's a good shot that you know in one sense the world will never be the same in another sense there will be a sense of normalcy achieved again mm -hmm. and we're human beings so we're going to kind of turtle back into the shell on a lot of these things. Mm -hmm. um, if you get enough normalcy and enough feeling like, now I feel like I know what tomorrow's gonna have and it's gonna be like today. And so there's, an, there's a window of opportunity here where people aren't just, uh, they don't just need to hear answers to these questions, they know they need to hear answers to these questions. They themselves yeah. are wondering and resonating with things that we, as Christians, have been thinking about forever. Right. Um, and so that their interest in things that they will know are important to them, but they might not feel the importance. That's that's unique in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so to to avoid engaging people in this time is to really miss a time that it seems like in the midst of a lot of horrible things, God has set it up to allow a lot of people who never cared before to really care now. And yeah. we should be people who are considering what does it look like to meet them in their time of need? Yeah, I... I I look at uh, the world a little bit through a financial lens mm -hmm. and it's all about, you know, return on investment. Uh -huh. Right. And to quote the great prophet Warren Buffett, <laughs> okay, he said, you know, when he looks at our investments, he likes to shoot fish in a barrel, uh -huh. but he likes it when there's no water in the barrel. Right. <laughs> there's like, I am literally seeing in my day to day interactions. And I've thought about this. I think 90% of the people I interact with on a week have no concept of Christ, mm -hmm. none whatsoever, no template for it, nothing. They don't believe what I believe. They don't even understand what I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. But suddenly that callousness and those things that Brian was alluding to that they've built up as, as givens in their heart, their heart is shattered open right now. Mm. And it's open for a new message. Like this is our opportunity to speak boldly into their lives wherever they're at. Mm -hmm. And I, that's why I can't be more excited about this. This is the biggest opportunity I've seen in my lifetime. I'm 43. Mm. I grew up in Los Angeles. I think we're on the precipice of something radical. And I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think a lot of people see that, right? So and I think a lot of people see that need. And I think it's it's a reason that as Christians, we we ought to be excited, mm -hmm. right? Like there's, because not only do we have real hope, but we see see like hope on the move. I mean, I think a, lo a lot of people feel that, but I think they also feel like they still feel intimidated at the prospect of them being the ones who who are 
speaking truth or answering questions, right? Or engaging with, with others, even when there's an opportunity like this. I, I think a lot of people go, oh, there's an opportunity like this. this is, that's amazing. I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader for the people who are doing that, <laughs> yeah. right? Instead of like engaging in it themselves. Mm -hmm. what, what, what should we do when we want to engage with people, but we feel like maybe we don't have all the answers, right? And maybe we're not gonna be able to answer all their questions or we're just, you know, nervous or, or afraid. Yeah, I think the my blunt answer to that is <laughs> get over it. <laughs> and I and I mean it. Um, I think when you operate in a spirit of fear, um, it, it takes away from your focus mm -hmm. and you don't understand that the God you serve is infinitely bigger than your dilemma, mm -hmm. right? If you, and I think, like if I think about it, like anybody under the age of 65 legitimately can run a marathon, right? But you don't just run out and start running a marathon. You, you walk around the block, right? That's mm -hmm. day one. Day two, you run around the block and you go from there, right? So if you're thinking to yourself, I can't speak to people because I'm not Scott. I can't counsel people like Scott. I can't preach like Brian. I can't preach like the other pastors. I'm going to let them do it and cheer them on. You're missing the point. Mm. You're part of the solution, right? Step up. Mm. Get in the game. Get in the fight. Like, If you're constantly looking at other people and saying, well, Greg Laurie is an evangelist. I don't need to evangelize. You're missing it. You're missing the opportunity. And as a Christian, I mean, part of it is motivated out of love. I mean, that's my primary goal. But if I truly love God, I don't want to show up in heaven as the guy that was given one talent, buried it, you know, in into the field. Mm -hmm. And then the king shows up and I unbury his talent and give it back to him. I'd be embarrassed about that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I think you've got to get into the fight and and, you know, frankly, move past your fears. Mm -hmm. And if that's, if, I challenge people that are listening to this. I mean, think about the one person in your life that needs the gospel right now. You're probably already thinking about that person. God's giving you that person to think about, right? Mm -hmm. He brought that person in your heart right now to consider. There's, if you're feeling uncomfortable, great. Now you're in a position where God can use you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, and I, and I think that there, there's so much of that that is a, it, it's a step, we have to recognize it's a step of faith. Like it is like this isn't just a like we're going to be able to I, I know exactly how this is going to turn out or there's no risk. But I think maybe to your point, like the if the if this is for the sake of the gospel, mm -hmm. the risk is worth it. 100 percent. Right. Like we're, we and and it's a step of faith stepping out and saying, I, I want to be a part of what God is doing mm -hmm. in this moment. I want I, I want to be a part of the the way. God promises he's going to redeem everything yep. in this world. He's going to use it for the good, for our good. He's going to use it for his good and his glory, which means that this this entire season, everything that's gone on yep. isn't just unredeemable suffering. It's not just something negative that we have to get through. It's something that we get to, with expectation, see God redeem in, in, in practical intent. And one of the significant ways he's redeeming it is by opening up people's hearts to to engage in these things. Mm -hmm. And so we have the privilege to, to get to engage in that talk, talk with people about that. So, I, I mean, I feel like similarly, I've been having more conversations with people, particularly for, for me and with our kids at home and schooling from home and everything like that. Like, I mean, we've just been spending, I've been spending and me working from home, I've been spending way more time in my neighborhood mm -hmm. and around my neighbors than I have ever. Um, and have been having so many different, fascinating conversations mm -hmm. um so many different big questions and laura and i i i 
hesitate to mention this because I don't know how this is all going to pan out. But <laughs> <laughs> last week we we went around and, and every uh, house on our street we gave everybody a letter and invited them to read through the Gospel of John with us. And we're supposed to do that tonight in five hours. So maybe by the time this posts, nobody showed up, and that's you know. <laughs> but but the reason I mentioned it is I was struck. Actually, I was surprised and, I mean, to use the word embarrassed, at how scared I was. I, I, it, really, it really took me off guard at how scared I was. Like, asking these people who, I mean, some of these people I've known for five, ten years, and, like, we're, like, we're cool, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we're friends. Like, this isn't and, – and they know who I am, Yep. right? I mean, there's no secrets. There's no surprise here. And – they know yeah. you're a full-time pastor? Totally. Okay. Like, I mean, this is like... <laughs> Just so we're clear for everyone listening. <laughs> full-time pastor, nervous. Keep going. <laughs> but, I, like, I was... I was way... I mean, Laura at one point looks at me and goes, do you want me to do the talking? <laughs> <laughs> like, I... I, I was... <laughs> I was so surprised by it. And, and I was so convicted by it. Yeah. Because I realized that... that that wasn't a reason. That might be a reason, actually, that, that has previously kept me in my house when I otherwise should have been stepping out, stepping into conversations, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that I maybe just didn't even fully admit, number one. But number two, it, it was a hurdle that is meant to be um, overcome. Mm-hmm. is a hurdle that's meant to be walked in faith so that we can part again so that, so that I can participate in what God's doing unbeknownst to me yep. right like he's going to work through it. it it's the spirit of God working and so I don't need to yeah try to I, I definitely don't need to be ashamed of right. the gospel right right the reality is I mean what motivated me was I know that I have hope that you need yep and I'm not trying to sell anything I'm I just care yep and so that genuineness, even if even if people misinterpret it, which I think oftentimes actually they misinterpret it far less than we are afraid they are going to. Mm-hmm. But even when they do, that that's not up to me. No, it's not. I, the Holy Spirit's working on your behalf. Exactly. It's, exactly. And maybe it's even planting seeds that yeah, we can't even see. I, I was going back to the analogy of walking around the block to train for the marathon. You got to yeah. put your running shoes on first. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, for me to, to say that is you need to put yourself into a position to grow your faith. And, and I'll give you a personal story that I got to observe and it increased my faith in the process. Um, I joined the Union Rescue Mission last year as a board member and uh, I got put on the philanthropy committee and we're looking at you know our budget for the year, like you guys look at your budget for the year. And a big part of our budget is a gala every year. Mm-hmm. It's in March. And about a week before the gala, there's these rumblings of, do we cancel, do we not cancel? And there's this push-pull and the board members got together and I was like, you know what, guys, we got to push forward. We got to, we got to do this gala. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's another place where I was phenomenally wrong. Just to, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was leading the, the votes three, nothing. And then, then we lost eight to three, but, <laughs> but what happened was, you know, we, we had to cancel the gala, you know, I'm looking at the revenue. I'm looking, you know, that's an opportunity lost. Right. Mm. But then somebody at union rescue mission had just been hired. He had a relationship at CBS. He reaches out to the CBS, you know, team. They say, you know what, KCAL will take you, 7 p.m. in May. Well, you guys can do a telethon. We're going to bump Family Feud, a rerun, on a Saturday <laughs> night, right? And then we said, well, okay, how do we broadcast this? And we, we got a host to host it, and mm-hmm. he did it in his garage, right? But we need a satellite truck to go there, right? 
well, the satellite truck is expensive. This guy finds out it's for Union Rescue Mission. He basically gives it for a 90% discount, mm -hmm. right? And we broadcast a URM telethon, right? For the first time in our, in our mission's history, it's a 110-year-old mission. And we raised three times more money through a telethon at a fraction of the cost, mm -hmm. right? And I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing, right? Like I got to see God work in his way and the way he wanted to. I got front row seats. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything in that, right? But it increased my faith because a God that moves like that is working on my side. I can't wait to tell people about that. Yeah. So yeah. I take that to heart. Absolutely. And if, and if he's going to be working and moving mountains like that, just to, to care for people in this earth, mm -hmm. on this earth, and, and to, to facilitate the, the incredible ministry of URM. Yeah. Like how much more as we engage for people's souls, for their hearts, for the, their ultimate hope, it, do we, if, if we step in, he, we're going to see him. But aren't we yoked to Christ, right? Yeah. Isn't he the big oxen and we're walking alongside next to him? Like he did all the heavy lifting. Yeah. He brought about, I mean, in his mercy, he brought about a pandemic to break people's hearts open. In his mercy, he loves people so much that he's put us in difficult circumstances so that our hearts will break open. Mm -hmm. I talked to one of my coworkers this week and he's you know, two weeks ago. And he's like, what do you think about these riots? I was like, you know what? I understand it. I'm like, there's a looter in all of us. And he looked at me, he goes, what are you talking about? You're a Christian. I was like, yeah. He goes, don't you believe everyone's good? I said, no, <laughs> I believe everyone's fundamentally evil. Let me tell you about the gospel. Yeah. Like I would not yeah. have had that opportunity otherwise. Yeah. Right. God's yeah. just teeing it up. I mean, I feel like I'm playing t-ball. He's just put it in there. I just hit it. Yeah. It's great. So for, for the skittish out there, there's, there's, there's a bunch of things that, um, that are worth, uh, thinking about, that have just been said between the two of you. Um, one is the running shoes idea, mm -hmm. um, which is that uh, you, if you are personally like unfamiliar with the power and the love of God, regardless of how much you believe it, it's going to be very difficult to act on the things we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And so not impossible. And there's ways that acting on them reinforces those things in your yeah. life. But if you yourself are not finding ways to, I think last time we talked about put down roots mm -hmm. in God himself, it's gonna be very difficult for you to say, okay, now I'm going to go out and take up the challenge. Um, and so w for, if you're skittish, one of the things that you can do to move forward is to read your Bible and pray and, and do the, these sorts of things where you're finding ways to interact with God uh, to look to the story. I mean, Jonathan's got a whole host of stories to look to these things that God's put around you and mm -hmm. be able to, to use those as kind of uh, a push off towards taking advantage of, of this opportunity we have. And then, there, and there's more, I mean, our, so when we were living together, mm. we, we were at, uh, in Santa Monica and that they were putting that petition out to, uh, to do the like the, the parking the parking yeah oh, i can't believe you remember this is 20 years ago yeah it's a long time <laughs> well i remember because it, it taught me something you you've taught me a lot um but the they were try, trying to get like protected parking and we had people at the apartment all the time we started the church out of that apartment yep like, so we're like we, we cannot have protected parking protected we, parking would be a yeah big problem. It, it's a problem for us and we, we don't want to like people illegally park at the bank of america or whatever like let's just and and we came down the stairs at our apartment mm -hmm. and this woman's waiting for us downstairs one of our neighbors who's like, hey, have you signed the petition yet? You know, we, we really want to do this protected parking. And Jonathan, his first response was, oh, I totally disagree. 
And I like wanted to go back up into the apartment. Like I was like, <laughs> like because in it, the way my mind works, and I, I think there are people who are listening who are similar to this. Like when you have a disagreement of any kind, when there's any kind of like non-alignment, mm-hmm. it's like fade to black. Like I just don't know how to proceed. Like there's this way that feels like a little bit of piece of death to me to like have someone not agree with me or just kind of be on the other opposite side of something from someone. So I'm always being diplomatic and trying to find, like, you know, mm-hmm. and what was amazing to me was as I tried to slink away, no one died. Mm-hmm. Everyone was fine. Mm-hmm. Jonathan's a nice guy. She was nice. They had a very short talk and it was, and like we went about our day mm-hmm. and it occurred to me that a lot of us, I think when we think about things like evangelism, have a similar fade to black mentality mm. where like I'm so deathly afraid of someone misinterpreting or just like not even enjoying the conversation, feeling even the littlest bit uncomfortable that I just don't have any ability to take advantage even of a moment like this when they probably do feel comfortable. And I think there's there's some encouragement in taking these steps where they're sm- asking questions instead of pulling out your Romans road tract, mm-hmm. like just finding ways to interact with people about the big questions and realize that they actually are interested in talking about them. Mm-hmm. And that that step, that, that walk around the block mm-hmm. is something that allows you to then jog the next day. And so I would just really encourage you guys, th- there's a way to take, uh, to take up this challenge and take advantage of this opportunity that involves thinking of that one person mm-hmm. and asking one big question. Mm-hmm. And that's day one, mm-hmm. you know? Like, hey, what do you think about all of this? Or, you know, does it, it, is this making you reevaluate anything? Mm-hmm. You know, is... Have you thought about life? I mean, this this disease is everywhere. Like, are you freaked out by dying? <laughs> like, right. like I think I'm a little freaked out by dying. And like, the, so these these ways of talking that that's your walk around the block. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that people are will engage you on that, and mm-hmm. they will be okay. Like, no one's it's not fade to black. There's all of a sudden the next day you're able to take a further step. And I've actually watched you, Jonathan, mm-hmm. do this with people for 20 years. Like I've seen you do this over and over again, where you ask questions, you're there, and it, it's it's never pushy. Right. Like I've, I've literally never seen you be pushy, and I think that's fascinating. So to me, there's been like a, a lesson to learn. And so for those of you who are skittish, mm-hmm. I think there are great lessons in here, and it's not you don't need to go out and and braveheart your way through this necessarily yeah. Yeah, yeah. to take your next step. Even today, send a text, make a phone call, yep. say a prayer, like, like whatever walk around the block looks like. Do that today, and let's see what happens. And if you keep if you keep your character the same, I mean, I've been in the same place. I've been in my same job for 15 years. I was a Christian when I started. I'm still a Christian. When people hit crises moments, when you know uh, this happened in our company, you know we had a, one of our analysts or I'm sorry, one of our assistants. Her um, sh- she's very involved in the Culver City Little League. One of the kids that was on her son's team um, overdosed during this. Right? You know it means more when you reach out. Right? Mm. And, and talk to them about that time. Yeah. People's, you're, if you're human, you're gonna run into struggle. And if they know who to turn to and talk to, I don't have all the answers. I just know who does and who is. So, yeah. Exactly. So <clears throat> I think that I, I wanna leave us with some practical, just, and I think th- th- these are super practical, maybe leave us with some practical thoughts. But before we get there, I, I think that sometimes when we think about this opportunity, particularly in our world right now, when people think about the opportunity of the moment, mm-hmm. maybe because of the the apparent veil it provides, I think people think about taking advantage of opportunities like this online. Mm-hmm. Or they're like, oh, okay, like if everybody needs to hear Jesus, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't like, I, I don't really need to go out and like 
talk to my neighbors or the people in my apartment or engage with my coworkers, I can just post things or repost them online. Mm-hmm. What what's the what's the efficiency rating? What what efficiency rating would you give social media versus interpersonal I, relationships <laughs> in uh, efficiency rating? I. Uh, I love that you asked me this question because it was either a trick question or you did like no research into my social uh, because I signed up for Facebook. Never. I'm not, I'm not on Facebook. I never signed up for Facebook. Uh, I don't have an Instagram account. Um, I have LinkedIn and someone else posts for me. Right. So you're asking the wrong person that. Like, yeah. The, the right. LinkedIn evangelism tool is one yeah. I have not yet seen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know of TikTok, but I'm basically an 80 year old soul in a 43 year old body when it comes to social media. However, I, I do uh, I see the prevalence of it in people uh, that I work with that are under 30, yeah. and I think it could be an effective medium if you know how to communicate through it effectively. I yeah. don't have that ability, yeah. right? But at the same time, for what we're talking about. I, I think that people will read things that you post generally. I know this from when we post things about work. Mm-hmm. They read what they want to read rather than what you're actually saying, right? And so I think it's not as effective, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm open to be wrong about that. <laughs> no, I, th- I mean, I think it's – you know, it's hard for me to come out 100% against stuff. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> like, if you are a, if you are a, a social media, a media person – like you want to have some sense of authenticity about how you're presenting yourself. Yeah. And so the idea that you would have like a, you know, social media accounts that have nothing to do with your faith doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But as the, as the way to take advantage of this, I think it, the efficiency rating is very, 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 very poor. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think I would encourage you not to do it. Um, it, unless you feel like you've got sort of a corner on that market um, and know how to do it really well, because the gospel, several reasons. One, the gospel is a personal gospel. Um, and so to communicate to somebody what it's talking about, um, you can project the news, you know, you can mm-hmm. proclaim it, you know, it, the facts, mm-hmm. but the idea of it intersecting with someone's life and heart through you requires you and requires them. And typically meeting that between a screen, it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and so on the one hand, there's that. On the second hand, I, I do think that even amongst the younger uh, generations, the prevalence of social media has shaped them in significant ways. And there's been a lot of positive to it. There's a ways that they can connect and interact and network that just were unavailable to previous generations. There's a lot of upside to it. They're fast um, mm-hmm. and they're quick at a lot of things. They're quick learners. Like there's lots of things there. Um, but I think it also, like any kind of technology in any generation, comes with, with a set of issues. And one of the issues is it can... Uh, make it seem like there's connection when there isn't real connection. Mm-hmm. And so an opportunity like this is about reality, not mediated reality, not yeah. augmented reality mm-hmm. or sort of performed or uh, 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 appearance reality. And so for you to post something on social media is just really, really different than checking in with someone in person and saying, hey, how are you doing? Amen. Or asking them themselves a big, important interpersonal question. about the realities of life Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of times social media is a place to feel like you did something and you and you still feel safe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's it's not quite the same step of faith that we're talking about and it also isn't quite the same step of love that we're trying to show other people so for the most part i think it's not a great idea i think conversations are always better yeah i mean and i think that that's really why i asked the question is just because i think that there's this there's this like off-ramp i think that we can be tempted to take where it's like, okay, yeah, this is a unique opportunity. I should say more. 
which is different than saying this is a unique opportunity. How do I proactively love interpersonally love the people, pursue the people that God has placed in my life around mm-hmm. me, my friends, family, coworkers, neighbors. Um, so w- with that, if we're talking about these interpersonal relationships, maybe to 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 wrap us up, what what practical suggestions would you give to people who want to use this opportunity? to share the gospel with those around. I and mean, we've, we've kind of talked about it, but Brian, you mentioned um, just starting with one question, right? Like just even just, you, you don't have to try to say, hey, let me explain the whole gospel to you. Like just starting with one question. What what other practically, what, maybe practical steps could help people to engage more purposely, more intentionally? Well, I'll give one example of something Monica came up with. I thought this is great. You know, my team. Monica's his wife. Yeah, Just Monica's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's. Uh, I have seven people on my team at work, mm-hmm. and you know, in the middle of this, she's like, "Man, this is this quarantine's been going on and on. It's finally summertime," and so she went out and curated a gift bag, right, mm-hmm. of of summer stuff. You know, some suntan lotion, a new towel. <laughs> some tequila, a book, you know, and, and we put it together. And then I wrote a personal note to everybody on my team and include on the back of it, a Bible verse, you know, not, not something, you know, direct, but just something about, Hey, you know, about peace in our time and, and being peace in amongst, uh, you know, a stressful situation. And I went to each one of their houses, socially distancing (laughs) appropriately and dropped it off and said, Hey man, how are you doing? You know? And like the reception I had was, was phenomenal because it showed that, you know, we cared right? As Mm -hmm. a couple, that in of itself is not going to bring anyone to salvation, Mm -hmm. but that, that was a start for me. Um, and then going back to what I said earlier, if you got an opportunity, just take it. Like, so, yeah, I think the, one of the things, um, that a lot of people listening, a lot of people in our church are going to experience is similar to what you said, Jonathan, where like, you've been the same person often in a roughly similar place, whether that's, you know, apartment complex, maybe you've been there for a while or job or industry or whatever. Um, and there's a way that one of the practical things is just understanding that you have the ability to open the door for someone to come to you. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways that's what Jonathan did. Like it, what, what you did was basically go, here's this. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you how you're doing. You now know that I'm someone you can talk to about things that aren't just work. Right. Like it's just, and, and there's just ways of going out of your way to simply let people know that the door is open to come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of a crisis and then as well as having in your pocket certain questions w- one of the things that I like to encourage people in in this uh, sort of realm is you probably have more uh, answers than you think for people's questions mm-hmm. um, because you yourself are a Christian mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just, like I think we tend to think that we're, we're trying to work from some playbook where you memorize the answers in the back of the book and now I know how to talk to people right mm-hmm. when what people are looking for and what God has designed you for is to share the hope you have, mm-hmm. not the hope that someone else scripted for you to have when they ask question two, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the worksheet. Um, and so for you to think through yourself, like what are the reasons I still find myself rooted and trusting in Jesus Christ? Why do I find my hope in this? It's when we get distance from those things ourselves, we find ourselves searching for other quote unquote better answers mm-hmm. to people. And so I think a lot of this is you opening the door it's you having some questions to ask and you being ready to get into a conversation where you're, you know why you believe what you believe and where you find your own hope. And you're able to share that mm-hmm. with some other people. And that personal connection, you and someone else, is where things start to, to, to bear fruit when the Holy Spirit you know, shows up for that. And the trick is to not forget the fact that you're a 
piece of this, you know, yeah. you know, someone yeah. plants a seed, other people water, other people harvest, right? Yeah. There's a certain arrogance, I think, that comes with, well, I'm going to take this person all the way to salvation, right? Like, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah. You just get to be who you are for that moment that day. Yeah. That's, not, that's enough. That's all you're called to do. Yeah. That's it. Just take that opportunity. I think it's such yeah. a great reminder. And, and, and I mean, I, I know that in my relationships, in particular, in my relationships with those that don't know Christ yet, like the one of the things that I think has opened that keeps that door open more is when I am willing to say, like, I, I don't know, like, I don't have all the answers, yeah. right? To be confident in what I am confident in, but not pretend like that means I have everything figured out. And all of a sudden there's both a, uh, there's a secure comfort that comes from that, um, from knowing somebody who's both real enough to be honest about what, they know and what they don't know mm -hmm. and also but also confident like one of the incredible graces we get from jesus is that we can have confidence without having ourselves figured out the entire world correct mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because because like you said earlier we know the one who does yeah right and so it's, it's a relational confidence not a self-focused uh, confidence yeah and and and, and i think that really what we're inviting one another to do in this and particularly in this time is to simply pursue those around you like whatever it is whether it's a gift bag a knock on the door a text a question like just pursue like this is a time where god has placed you purposefully exactly where he's placed you around the people that are around you on purpose and he's encouraging, he's calling you to pursue them, mm -hmm. um, to pursue them actively and to pursue them in prayer. And I think that's where it starts, right? I mean, you, if you want to build love for someone and build up the courage to talk to someone, begin by regularly praying for them. Mm -hmm. um, by Even by asking them how you can pray for them and praying for those things and beginning to, to see God work in ways that you can, yeah. That's probably the best first step. I mean, at yeah. some level is, you said earlier, Jonathan, like the, there's someone that is probably in your heart right now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it, one of the most, probably one of the best things that all of us who are listening to this can do is to take a moment when we're done, carve out, even I mean, even like five minutes, mm -hmm. just go, okay, who are the people that God has either put in my heart or just like very clearly in my life? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, three, five. It doesn't be a perfect number, but keep, don't, don't don't make it 30. You know, just like, mm -hmm. just, you know find, find a, a small number of people write their names down and just commit to looking at that list every day and saying a prayer. Mm -hmm. And I, and from that, all of a sudden, I think you're going to be a more aware and in tune. I think the Holy spirit works through these prayers in ways that we can't always calculate either. Yeah. And then you're also going to find yourself uh, a lot more prepared um, and with the right perspective when it is set up on a T mm -hmm. for you with some of these people. Mm -hmm. And I think if we do that, we're going to be able to in six months, you know, a year or whatever, have a lot of people who could come into a podcast and tell some stories about, you know, several of the names on that list because mm -hmm. God listens to his people when they pray. Amen. Yeah. And that's a nice, simple, e like easy in one sense, like discreet way of moving on from this and doing something practical. And from there, who knows what happens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, this is really exciting. It is really exciting. God is building his church and he's building his church in a unique way in mm -hmm. this season, mm -hmm. uh, uniquely compared to any other time I know in our lives. Mm -hmm. And 
I think he is calling us to to get in the game, right? To step in, to take steps of faith, to to practically be engaged and, and, and to ask ourselves, okay, Lord, like how do you want to use me? Not just to survive this. God is calling us to do more than just survive this, right? Just get through it. Just give ourselves another. And, and there is plenty of grace for us as well in the midst of this. But in that, he wants to use us broken and limited as we are mm-hmm. for his glory in the lives of those around us. And so um, th- thanks so much for taking the time, you guys. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Taking it's the great, time great. Thank you. Tell us, and uh, we are, we'll be praying that God uh, uses you in even the, the lives of the people who've already come to mind. And we're excited to hear the stories uh, about what he does through that. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Sunday.